Coming down poinsettia, chapter 31. Dirty douche, Josie Wales. Yeah, night at the Four Seasons in that suite did not go well. We got hit by a county street sweeper on the way home. No shit. Heading back to West Hollywood. Driving the motorcycle and she is in my ear. Let me have it. <laughs> shit. Coming up to an intersection and fucking county worker, city worker, I don't know, and a big fucking street sweeper pulled right the fuck out in front of me. Had to lay the bike over. Summer and I both, we, I wasn't going super fast. I had enough sense to know we might have turned in front of us, so I was kind of braking anyway, but then when I had to brake, we still went down. Got a little bit of road rash, but not bad. The initial piss-off was natural. I exploded. Really giving the guy shit. I mean, so much as I jumped up on the side of his fucking truck, almost yanked him out of it. The stars are really lining up against us now. I think fucking Death Star's out there, too. Yeah. It must be so. We're getting struck by fucking city vehicles. City and county vehicles are running into us now. Huh? Anyway. Real nice fella. Jumped out. He knew it was his fault. He was scared. As a young black man. Look. In fucking Los Angeles... That made a difference. So momentarily, me and that fella, our stars aligned because I had warrants out for my arrest. The last thing I wanted was to see a cop turn the fucking corner and see us in the middle of the fucking intersection. Yeah. Summer's standing there looking disheveled, highly pissed off because I wouldn't let that guy at Four Seasons blow me for a big stack of money. Fucking money comes easy. Not that easy, motherfuckers. Anyway, we were still in Beverly Hills. I didn't want a fucking cop to turn the corner and see us. Then I took a closer look at the drivers about my age. I'd had enough friends like R.D. I'd seen enough fucking gang tattoos. And by the ones on the street sweeper driver's neck, I figure... Yeah, between that and the look of fear in his eye, yeah, he wanted to keep his job. So I swear to God we didn't say seven words to each other. And we rolled. Didn't stop the ass chewing that continued on the way home. Of course, Summer didn't say ass because she didn't cuss, but... Look, I don't want to shit on her, but the truth is... She sure knew how to demean me for not demeaning myself. Things are getting out of control at that point, you know? My drinking was way over the top. I mean, it was. I wasn't drunk all the time. Yeah, I was drunk all the fucking time. Who am I kidding? It was a controlled chaos drunk, though, you know? It's like I had to drink. It was getting more and more difficult for me to get through the fucking day unless I had alcohol in me. Yeah, it's a shitty excuse, but it's true. What Summer did hurt the fuck out of me from day one, so I just poured booze on it. That's all. Is that an excuse? No. But it's what I did. Anyway, as for summer and the whole Four Seasons thing, it took a bit for summer to calm down and 
accept. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't like she didn't forgive me or anything. It's just we were doing good. Good God, ever since I got the contract to avenge Serena, what had happened to her, I had every fucking agency in town calling me to fucking heads again. Yeah. They weren't fucking around after the Serena incident. It really shook up the agencies. It really shook everybody up. And until that motherfucker was out of commission, I was back in business. You better believe it. Rosemary was calling me now to go fuck up people that just she didn't like, which I was not interested in. She only tried to hire me one time to go fuck up somebody down at the flower shop she had a problem with. I said, are you fucking crazy? Who the fuck is it, you stupid bitch? One of them fucking tampons you hired to come kill me? Cunt? Reliving this shit just eats my ass. Anyway, let's get back to the savage. Because there were some good times driving around on Hollywood before we got the stingray. We had a few good times on the savage. Yeah, the aftermarket chromed-out motorcycle savage. One of the early models that Summer bought for me from... It was better in the Honda scooter, fuckers. I had moved up. I was sorry your scooter got stolen, but not sorry not having to fucking drive it. And if it wasn't bad enough that her scooter got stolen? Some dumb fuck. The police department called up and confused the theft of her motor scooter with the theft of a kid. They confused the theft of that fucking Honda scooter with the theft of a child. You can't make this shit up. And only the police could fuck something up this much. In particular, the Los Angeles fucking police department. Yeah, the police department called us at home, at our apartment. And it was a bad day. We were having a bad fucking day. And they called us and asked us if we lost a child. Fuck, that threw me and Summer both back into tears. Yeah, we lost a kid, and then they were giving us names and hair colors. He wasn't that old. He wasn't even born yet, you dipshits. Is this the fucking L.A. Police Department? Oh, yeah. Did you have a motorcycle stolen? Yeah. What was it? A girlfriend's Honda scooter shit. Yeah, sorry about that. It's not a kid. It's a frame of a, a scooter. You want it? No. Keep that and the kid, motherfucker. I hung up on him. The savage that we drove on, tooling around town. She, Summer, really loved the bike. She loved riding behind me as long as the weather was nice. As long as we didn't have to drive at night because that desert got fucking cold. Okay? Real cold. She wore a lot of hose. Yeah, Dean was still in the process of, you know, I guess lining up insurance and stuff so she could have the stingray and start driving around, and I know she couldn't fucking wait for that. Did I want to drive it? No. Dean was a client, in my opinion, slash fucking boyfriend I had to live with. I had to fucking live with because he was fucking loaded, and he had a Corvette Stingray 67 to give a fucking what? Now, I was quite capable of going to Simi Valley, fucking his ass up, stealing that Corvette and giving it to some of my friends that owned a chop shop in the Compton area. But you know what, motherfuckers? <laughs> I'd outgrown that shit. 
It's unfortunate I didn't have the brains or the balls to know how to deal with it then. Anyway, we had some great times on that motorcycle just cruising around. It was my last great summer. It was summer. Just lay your head back on the ground. Let your head fall all around me. Offer up your best defense. This is the end. This is the end of the innocence. proudest moment cruising around Hollywood on that bike with summer on the back on a beautiful gorgeous early evening was at that very red light heading west at the corner of Sunset and La Brea. Naturally summer was straddled behind me in her khaki shorts and a sweatshirt with her arms around my waist when I pulled up in the left hand lane right up to the light alongside a convertible. Stand! I heard someone shout. At first, it startled me. My legal name, Stan, big time, yeah, shit, startled me. No one in Hollywood knew my fucking legal name. Or, excuse me, no one paid attention to my legal name. What the fuck? Reluctantly, not immediately recognizing the voice, I looked to my right. Holy shit, this is my former employer, actor Sean Kanan. <laughs> Being that Summer was grinning ear to ear, I know she recognized him. Hey, man, how you doing? I exclaimed back. Don't ask me about who Sean was with. All I know is he was driving. He smiled big. Where did you get that bike, man? Did I pay you that much? <laughs> Summer and I both laughed. No, 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 I um, I couldn't afford this bike. A guy wrecked down the street, I explained as Sean listened intently. Yeah, he was just laying there in the middle of, um, you know, Hollywood Boulevard, I continued, so I fucking took it. At first, Sean's mouth dropped, but then when he saw me laugh, he laughed too. <laughs> ah, shit, light turned green and we drove on. That was it. It meant something to me. I love Outlaw Josie Wales growing up. That was my favorite fucking Clint Eastwood movie of all. As a matter of fact, it was my favorite fucking Western. And I mean that. Above John Wayne's Alamo, above Magnificent Seven, all that shit. Outlaw Josie Wales. Coming from a Native American Shawnee family, man, I could relate. To old Chief. Yeah, I could relate to Ten Bears. I could, you know, I, I could relate to outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah, like I said, as a young kid, he was one of them strong men I looked up to. Yeah, one of them childhood idols. Unlike E.K., that'd be Mr. Knievel, I didn't have to screw when we saw him at the corner of La Brea and Sunset on the back of my savage. 
just don't give a shit about celebrities ever? That'd be summer. Like when I used to bump into Melanie Mayron from 30-something at Ralph's and she would hide her face in the canned goods. You know, the time I saw Willem Dafoe at a car wash, she didn't give a shit. She never gave a shit that I saw Kirstie Alley or anybody. No. She certainly perked up when Clint Eastwood pulled up next to us in a white Mercedes. Oh, my God, Britt, look, it's, it's Clint Eastwood. She whispered in the street like he could hear us. Long story short, being the <laughs> starstruck Oklahoma kid, just as excited to see the guy as she was, light turned green, I started following him. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping he'd pull over at Alex Hale's liquor store, catch a bottle for himself, you know. Then I could get an autograph, you know, for that crazy-ass stepdad of mine back in Oklahoma. Rebecca Schaefer just, you know, she had just been killed like less than a year earlier, you know. So it wasn't a fucking joke around there to be stalking, but... Like I say, I wasn't stalking. I was just trying to get a fucking autograph. That's why I honked the horn on that savage, you know, and Mr. Eastwood, and yeah, of course, he looked back at me, and I waved. I thought it was Oklahoma. I thought he had fucking stopped like they did there. Thought wrong. Summer did, too, because she didn't try to stop me. Josie Wales picked up his uh, car phone there in the old uh, Mercedes. He called the police on me. Yeah. They were on me like flies on shit. Motorcycle cops all over me. All in all, I got a summons to appear in court for stalking Clint Eastwood. You know what I did with that summons? You guessed it. I wiped my dick off with it. Call the fucking cops on me. Couldn't believe it. Yes, the police arrested me. You bet. I was the only white guy in there, man. I don't even know what fucking jail I was in. I know it was rough. I know I was the only fair-skinned motherfucker in there. The only thing that kept me alive was the fact that unlike assaulting police and stabbing and shooting fucking people as everybody was circling the cell announcing what they were in for the fact that I was in for tailing Clint Eastwood yeah yeah you know how I am one story leads to the next next thing you know I'm hanging with the bulls when I left it was sentimental okay everybody was Screaming and saying bye, Stan. It was cool. Anyway, fuck it. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I'll never forget the look on the judge's face when I had to go before the fucker. And the arrest report said for tailing, stalking Clint Eastwood. I thought that young judge was going to shit himself on the bench. Yeah. When I explained I'd just been trying to get an autograph from my shitty stepdad back in Oklahoma, he laughed his ass off and dismissed the case as time served. You don't have to make shit up when you can look it up, bitches. When I was studying acting under Susan Strasberg, she would always take me out to eat, you know. I mean, not every fucking class, but a lot of classes afterwards. She would take a lot of us out to eat. We'd all go dine, and she'd never let me pay for anything. She was really sweet, and... One of the places she took us to eat, I think, was Musso Frank's one time. I mean, 
we didn't go in there and live large or anything. It was just a late night supper, you know, after class. And uh, I just remember the bottles of wine. I enjoy the bottles of wine a lot. But when Summer asked me where I wanted to go for my 21st birthday, I was in the mood for a steak. Yeah. And unlike my 20th birthday, where I got fucked with brandy filet mignons, I was determined to get a decent filet mignon cooked at fucking Mousseau and Frank's. And I knew I'd find one there for sure. So, that's how my 21st birthday started. Dressed up, cleaned up, excited, all lovey-dovey, kissy, celebrating my 21st birthday at Mousseau and Frank's. I was enjoying a filet mignon, unfucked up by Brandy. I knew the name of the rapist. Of course, I'm talking about the one that really fucked up Serena weeks prior. It had only been weeks prior. The fucking belligerence. Three fucking weeks and that fucker was already calling an agency in town looking for another woman to fucking rape and hurt. Three fucking weeks. Serena's face hardly looked fucking normal yet and that motherfucker was already calling. Couldn't get over it. Anyway, we're at the restaurant. I don't know which agency he called for the record. Like I say, Rosemary is the liaison. But every agency had had Summer's description. And whoever it was described Summer to the T. We were having dinner at Musso and Frank. She got the page. Fuck. I remember his fucking name today, folks. I got his name right here. And I've shared it with maybe one or two people in my life, period. What I mean by that is, there's no need to take it any further than what I took it. Because believe you me, I took it far enough. Fortunately, for that pile of shit, I worked the better part of my way through that filet mignon and bowl of pasta on the side. Yeah, after Rosemary had fucked up my 20th birthday, if that son of a bitch and rapist had come right around and fucked up number 21 too, it would have gotten it a lot worse. And he did. This goes don't open to after dark, and it ain't till 12 till the party really starts. And I always had to be home by 10, right before the fun was about to begin. Crowds of people lined up inside and out, just for one reason to rock the house. But in the daytime, the streets were clear. You couldn't find a good freak anywhere, cause. The freaks come out at night. The freaks come out at night. The freaks come out at night. The freaks come out. The freaks come out at night. 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 The freaks come out. The freaks come out at night. Now when freaks get dressed to go out at night, they like to wear leather jackets for change. They wear rips and zippers all in their shirts. Real tight pants and fresh mini skirts. All kinds of colors running through their head. And you can just about spot a freak anywhere. But then again, you could know someone all their life. And might not know their freak unless you see them at night. Cause the freaks come out at night. The freaks come out at night. Jumping, the place is packed, and when the crowd's like this, I'm ready to rap. But before I could bust. 
Girls around on the mic. Freaks are all over me like white on rice. Freaks come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. But what I like about the most is that they're real good lovers. They do it in the park. They do it in the dark. But most freaks are known for breaking hearts. You can never tell what a freak is thinking of. And you may never catch a freak without at least one glove. They don't walk. When they step, they strut. And nine times out of ten, they drive you nuts. So take my advice. You don't stand a chance. Freaks are so bad, they got their own dance. So if you want to live a nice, quiet life, do yourself a favor. Don't come out at night. Cause... Freaks come. 